You've got to let your actions, everything you do, your behaviors, you've got to let all of those things represent yourself in the best possible way so that people see the influence of Jesus Christ in all that you do. Welcome to the Game Day Everyday Podcast with Coach Bud Bowden. When you make every day a game day, you live a life that matters. Here's Coach Bud. Well, hello there, ladies and gentlemen, men and women, adults, young adults, young athletes, non-athletes. This is Bud Bowden, and I'm glad to be talking to you again on Game Day Everyday, leading a life that matters. In the first podcast, I gave you a little bit of background and we talked about why I even chose the name Game Day Every Day as the title for my podcast. But today, I think as we go a little bit deeper, you're going to understand that. And uh, hopefully the message will speak to your heart in some way. So I'm going to start off by asking you all a question. And no matter where you are, you can answer this question right now. If you don't have the answer, you certainly can ponder on it and think about it. And the question is this. Who am I? I mean it. (laughs) Who am I? I mean, if you got up tomorrow morning and you look in the mirror and you really look into your eyes, have you ever asked that question? Who am I? Why am I here? What is my purpose for being here? And you know, it's funny. That's the ultimate question for all of us in life. Mark Twain once said, the two most important days of your life are the day you are born and the day you find out why you were born. What is your purpose in life? And that's something we all have to look at. It's the question that was asked throughout the book of Ecclesiastes. But we all ask that question. When it comes to our personal identity and how we see ourselves, it can often be shaped by early experiences in our life. As a matter of fact, I saw Joyce Meyer once speak on this topic. And Joyce came right out and said, your personal identity is often shaped by your early experiences in life. And boy, was that true for me. I mean, when I was 10 years old, every Saturday in the fall, I would sit next to my dad in the living room and on our black and white Zenith television, I'd watch college football with my dad. And I actually bought a book and I still own it. It was all of 25 cents then, a paperback 64 pages long, entitled How to Star in Football. And you know, amazingly, yeah, I ended up playing all four years of high school football. I played college football. I played youth football. I've coached at the college level. So yeah. My identity was shaped very much by those early years of my life, but I also struggled with my identity at a certain point, and we're going to talk about that in a few minutes as well. Think about who you are, who you want to be. Your identity may not be what other people see in you. You know, that's kind of interesting if you've ever taken a Myers-Briggs personality test. If you score yourself, you will see yourself a certain way. And yet, if you have other people you work with, your colleagues in work, or maybe clients that you work with, and you have them take the test, evaluating your personality traits, many times how you are seen by others is much different than the way you see yourself. I'm going to tell you, it's pretty interesting. I mean, 
Are we comfortable with our identities? How would, you, how would you like to go through life, your entire professional life, dressed up like an eight foot four inch bird? That's right. You know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about Big Bird on Sesame Street. And a gentleman named Carol Spinney spent almost 50 years of his life playing Big Bird on Sesame Street. He also played Oscar the Grouch. And just recently, a couple, several years ago, 2018, he retired. But I read a wonderful article about him. And it's amazing to think about that. I mean, he said in the article, I always thought how fortunate for me that I got to play the two best Muppet characters. Playing Big Bird is one of the most joyous things of my life. Now, I'm trying to think about that. I've had a lot of different jobs in my career. I, I've worked for three Fortune 500 companies. I was, I was a hybrid cloud specialist with IBM for a period of time. But I gotta tell you, when I was doing those things, would I describe my time with those companies as joyous? I don't know that I could. But here's Carol Spinney talking about playing Big Bird as one of the most joyous things in his life. And I guess so. He ended up meeting all sorts of TV luminaries and important people. I mean, he, he met people like, for some of you younger people, you may not recognize the name, Sid Caesar, who was famous on television in the 50s and 60s. Bob Hope, Jerry Seinfeld. He even met several of the presidents, including President-elect Barack Obama, when he had not taken office yet. So can you imagine, here's a guy who's dressing up in that bird suit every day, but everybody in America knows who Big Bird was. They didn't know who Carol Spinney was. They didn't know who the guy was inside, but he was the guy. Interesting too, to read some other quotes. Originally, this is interesting. Originally, Big Bird was supposed to be played as a funny, dumb, country yokel. When they brought Big Bird onto the show originally, that's what they wanted him to play. And Spinney was not comfortable with that. He said, I think I should play him like he's a child. Let me make him a surrogate, he recalled. He can be all the things that children are and he can learn with the kids. And isn't that exactly who Big Bird was? Whenever they'd have a guest on the show explaining something about maybe how airplanes fly or whatever it might be, he was just as inquisitive as any child would be. You know, the president and chief executive officer of Sesame Workshop, the company that oversees Sesame Street, a guy named Jeff Dunn, said Big Bird has always had the biggest heart on Sesame Street, and that is Carol's gift to us all. I think it's fair to say that Carol's view of the world and how we should treat each other has shaped and defined our entire organization. That's amazing. Here's somebody describing, again, Carol Spinney dressed up as an eight foot four inch bird that can't get off the ground flying. But the way he describes him here, those are words that any CEO would love to have you know, the board of directors speak that way about them as the CEO. Spinney said about playing Big Bird, and I love this piece. I don't get to play him. I get to live his life. I've been playing a six-year-old for 50 years. Imagine, is that your identity? 
you're going to be this bird. How did that happen for Carol Spinney? Well, it started out. He met Jim Henson, the originator of the Muppets, at a puppeteer conference. But I'll tell you how it happened. It happened because if you go to Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. I think that's how that happened for Carol Spinney. And you know, what a marvelous human being he was. And yet it all fits in with who Fred Rogers was in Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, who was also kind of part of that whole Sesame uh, Seed workshop <clears throat> and the program he had. I love Fred Rogers has a great quote that I think is worth sharing because when we contemplate our purpose in life, who we're supposed to be. I don't know if you can define it any better than this. At the center of the universe is a loving heart that continues to beat and that wants the best for every person. Our job is to do anything we can do to help foster the intellect and spirit and emotional growth of our fellow human beings. Life is for service. Life is for service. That's why we're here. This is God's world, and we're meant to be stewards in God's world. How we manage our time, our talents, and our treasures to make God's world a better place, to serve in such a way so that we can bring the kingdom into this world. I think that's what our purpose is supposed to be all about, and I think that's what Fred Rogers was talking about. Now, I have... Other people, I have a gentleman friend of mine who's a devout Christian, and I love the simplicity. He has actually written out a purpose statement, but he said for him it comes down to six words. Love God, love people, make disciples. And isn't that special because that speaks to the first commandment and the first commission that we have to love God with all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our mind. And secondly, to love our neighbors as we love ourselves, And that's what he's encapsulated in really the first four words, love God, love people. But then he goes a step farther and talks about make disciples. It's not enough to believe in God, to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and then just tuck it into your pocket so you can carry it around like a security blanket or a lucky charm. You've got to let your actions, everything you do, your behaviors, you've got to let all of those things represent yourself in the best possible way so that people see the influence of Jesus Christ in all that you do. And that takes me to the, the third example I have. This is a, uh, a guy that plays hockey for the Carolina Hurricanes. Jacob Slavin is his name. Pretty impressive what he says when it comes to his identity. He says, I'm not rooted in the game of hockey. I know hockey will end one day, but God is forever. I'm not a hockey player who happens to be a Christian. I am a Christian who happens to be a hockey player. Let me reread that second part of that. I'm not a hockey player who happens to be a Christian. I am a Christian who happens to be a hockey player. Now, you know what? We can use that sentence as an example for any of us. Are you a dentist? Are you a doctor? If you're a dentist, it just says you've got to let your actions, everything you do, your behaviors, 
you've got to let all of those things represent yourself in the best possible way so that people see the influence of Jesus Christ in all that you do. Maybe you work in inventory control at some logistics company. I don't know what you do for a living, but I know that over the course of my career, I was certainly guilty of it. Boy, I tied myself sometimes to the title on that business card. I thought that was my worth, that was my value. And you know, that wasn't it at all. I was misled, I was, I was thinking that how I made a living, how I made money, how I provided for my family, that those things were so much more important than my relationship with God and Jesus Christ. You know, Jacob Slavin in this article, which is entitled A Higher Purpose, he goes on to say, it puts me at peace knowing God is in control of every aspect of my life. It puts me at peace knowing God is in control in every aspect of my life. You know, that's that's what I didn't understand in those earlier years of my career. I didn't, I hadn't put my trust in God some of the time. Oh, I did from time to time, but not the way I should have. I can't go back and change that now, but I certainly can live my life going forward differently. And, and certainly a way to do that is to turn to Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, and read those two scriptures. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Maybe that's where we need to go to find our peace. Maybe that's where each of us needs to go to find our purpose in life. You know, it's kind of ironic that football book that I told you about, I bought that in 1961 for all of 25 cents. That same year, 1961, I was given my Bible at my moving up day ceremony at Brighton Community Baptist Church which was in a suburb of Buffalo, New York. My parents were one of the founding members. And interestingly, the first note written in that book was written by me at the urging of my grandmother as I prepared for Lent, the first year that I owned this Bible. I told my grandmother very proudly, by the way, she was a devout Christian, and I told her, I'm giving up chocolate for Lent, thinking she would be impressed. But instead, she looked at me and she said, you don't understand what being a Christian is all about. And I said, well, wait a second, Grandma. I'm, I'm, I'm giving up something for Lent. I thought that's what we were supposed to do. She said, where's that Bible of yours? And I went and got my Bible. I brought it back to her. And she said, you turn to Proverbs chapter 21. So I did. I got in the book, turned to Proverbs chapter 21. She said, read verse 2 and 3. And verse 2 and 3 are as follows. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. To do righteousness and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. And I said, oh, well then, maybe I don't need to give up those Hershey bars for Lent. She said, no, you can give up the Hershey bars, that's fine. But just understand, sacrifice is not what's as important to the Lord. The Lord's going to weigh your heart. And he's going to weigh that heart based upon righteousness, justice, how you treat other people, how you live your life. That's what being a faith-filled Christian 
is all about. No, that's interesting. I'm, I'm holding that Bible in my hands right now. I wish you could see it. It's, it's gotten a lot of use. And uh, I actually have some white clear, almost the equivalent of duct tape on the binding holding it together. I've certainly been in that book a lot more than how to star in football. And I'm glad I have because I've been through some tough situations in life that involved everything from the loss of loved ones to a difficult divorce that I didn't see coming, a number of things. But you know what? God has always been there for me. He's always been there to love me, to comfort me, to let me know that the sun was going to come up in the morning and there would be a new day. And I can't tell you how thankful I am to have had the presence of Jesus and God in my life for so, so, so many of those days. Now, I, I haven't been a perfect Christian. I'm going to tell you that right up front. I've had some days where I've, uh, boy, I've walked away and I shouldn't have. But I know now at, yes, 70 years of age, but feeling like I'm 45, <laughs> I want to be with Jesus every day. And I hope you do too. So, you know, until next time, I hope this message spoke to your heart in some small way. I hope you're doing well and safe wherever you are. We love you. Know that you are a loved child of God. Thanks for listening to Game Day Every Day with Coach Bud Bouton. Connect for more at budbouton.com. Be sure to subscribe to the Shine.fm podcast channel for new episodes.